It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Masterplan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It is a pleasure to have so many of you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas. I'm the creator of the e-commerce Masterplan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on solving your e-commerce marketing problems. If you have an e-commerce problem you would like my help solving, then head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash solve, S-O-L-V-E, and there you will find a link to a form you can fill in to request my help, and I should be able to get back to you within a day. Now, before we get stuck in, a word from the sponsors of today's episode. Bright Pearl by Sage provides a retail operating system for retailers and wholesalers. Their mission is clear. Automate the back office so you can spend your time and money growing your business fearlessly and without limitations. They're built for retail features tick every box, including inventory management, order management, warehousing, fulfillment, shipping, purchasing, accounting, and even retail business intelligence, all enabling easy automation to free up your time to focus on growth. Find out more and book a demo at ecmp.info forward slash brightpearl. That's ecmp for e-commerce master plan dot info forward slash brightpearl. Right, let me introduce you to today's special guest. Stephen Sashen is the co-founder and CEO of Zero Shoes. They launched in November 2009 and have consistently grown at 80% or above each year. And in 2017, they achieved sales of over $5.5 million. Hello, Stephen. Hello, hello. And the first thing I'm going to jump in and say, because I know people, um, as soon as you say things like what you just said, start texting and Googling and various things. So we're zero with an X, X X-E-R-O shoes. That is a very good point. So thank you for adding that one in before people get completely lost. (laughs) Well, I'm going to interrupt again and say the funny thing is the guy who actually owns Z-E-R-O shoes refuses to sell the domain to me, even though he can't sell it to anybody else. So for a long time, I was just running PPC ads on his uh, site because that's all he was doing. And so for 20 cents, I was getting the clicks, even if he wouldn't sell me the domain. Which is probably a lot cheaper than buying the domain. Way cheaper. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's always a way. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So I've just given our listeners a quick overview of you and your business. But how did you get started off in e-commerce? How did this journey start for you? Oh, wow. Um, I got started in e-commerce back in 1992. And the way that happened was I ended up inventing a piece of uh, software that ended up being the industry standard word processing software for film and television writers. And so I just wanted to try and find ways of getting that out of the universe. And that's when it all began. So this was in the IRC, GeoCities, AOL, CompuServe. I mean, back before there was anything that we think of now as an internet. Uh, So Boy, this goes way back. Wow, so you were selling software online in 92. Yeah, wow. I think I was trying to sell other things before that. I'm sure that at some point there was a couple of uh, of bulletin boards. On the West Coast, there was The Well. On New York, where I was, there was Echo. 
And again, with AOL and various things, I'm sure I got pitched by one of the first internet marketing something courses, and I'm sure I bought it. I know I bought it, actually. It came on a three-and-a-half-inch floppy <laughs> and just had a bunch of info on how you could buy uh, ads in, in newsletters or solo mailings. And, and I don't know if I was just trying to sell that program or resell that program or if I had some other product. But definitely, once I invented scriptware, um, yeah, I was looking to find ways of selling that online. So with all that, that knowledge of the internet and everything, how did you end up founding Zero Shoes? <laughs> so that was a total accident, which is my favorite kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I, let's see, 10, 11 years ago, um, I got back into sprinting after a 30-year break and was getting injured pretty much constantly as a 45-year-old guy getting back into sprinting. And after a couple of years of this, a friend of mine said, why don't you take off your shoes and run barefoot and see if you learn anything from doing that? And what I learned was why I was getting injured. And equally, I learned how to stop getting injured because doing it wrong hurt, doing it right did not. And I started making uh, sandals based on this 10,000-year-old idea, just a piece of rubber strapped to my foot with some string, basically. And more and more people kept asking me to make them for them, which I did. And one day, a guy says to me, um, I have a contractor who wrote a book about barefoot running. If you treated this little sandal-making hobby like a business... I would put you in the book. And so I rush home and I pitch this idea to my mm -hmm. wife. And I figure having made 500 websites, she'll be all excited about my new idea. And she tells me it is a horrible <laughs> idea and tells me, do not do this. It's a waste of time. It won't make any money. I said, uh, yeah, you're probably right. And so my wife, Lena, goes to bed around nine. And by 10, I had a website built. <laughs> and, uh, um, she sort of growled at me the next morning. And I said to her, look, it'll be a good case study. We were actually starting an SEM, SEO business at the time. I said, I, the people that are ranking, I can own, uh, they're there by accident. I can own this in a couple of months. And so I did. Uh, within a few months, what we thought was going to be just like a car payment, maybe turned into a full-time job. And that's how it all began, really just out of happenstance. That's kind of crazy, but kind of cool at the same time. Well, I agree. It's completely crazy. And I love the fact that it was not planned. Now, the one thing that it was, was I knew that I was at least catering to a audience that was interested in what we were going to be doing. And I knew that the, I, I just knew the landscape, what was going on in the internet marketing space regarding what we were doing. And so it was, uh, boy, the list of, of coincidences and lucky fate related, whatever things uh, that go into the, how this whole business has started and grown is, is absolutely absurd. Well, before we get into some of those those lucky and um, and surprising moments, let's just make sure people understand about where you are right now. So you're you're still in the US, aren't you? And are you selling just in the US? Or are you selling globally? We're selling globally, and we have since day one. So about twenty twenty five percent of our business is international. Uh, our online business. We also do sell retail. So we're in about 150, 160 stores around the world. We have a few international distributors, more coming on in the not too distant future. Uh, so we're, we're all over the place. Very cool. And um, just explain a bit about how the product, the product is today. Um, you know, you said it started off with the sandals <laughs> okay. with the string and the rubber, but it's evolved yeah, a bit since then, yeah. hasn't it? Oh, yeah. For the first couple of years, for maybe three and a half years, we were a do-it-yourself sandal making kit. So again, we were basically just selling a piece of rubber, some string and instructions on how to make a 
10,000 year old sandal that you could run, walk, hike, and do pretty much anything you could imagine in. These were inspired in part by uh, the sandals worn by the Tarumara Indians in Mexico, who were featured in the book Born to Run, who make their sandals out of scraps of used tire and some leather. Uh, but if you look around, you know, 5,000, 10,000 years ago, you see a lot of designs similar to what we were doing. And we thought that's what we were going to do. We thought we were going to just do kits and then custom made versions of that. But what's happened is our customers kept telling us where to go next. So the first thing we were hearing is, hey, we love this idea, but we're not going to make our own. Or, and then it was, hey, I love this idea. Um, well, so from there, we made a ready to wear version of our do-it-yourself kit, basically. And then people would say, hey, that's cool. But that design has a string between your toes. And even though you say it doesn't hurt like a flip-flop because it's not like a flip-flop, um, I don't want anything between my toes. And so we said, okay, that's cool. And we developed what's referred to as sport sandal style. So it's um, if you think like Chaco, Teva, Keen. So the webbing, there's webbing, not a, not a rope. And it goes over your foot, not between your toes. And then people would say, hey, that's cool. But we have to go to work and we need shoes. And so we developed closed-toed shoes. And people would say, hey, I need this kind of shoe and then that kind of shoe and then this kind of boot and that kind of boot. And so now we have, uh, I think, 14 different styles of sandals and shoes that you can wear, again, for everything you can imagine, from taking a stroll on the beach to hiking up a mountain to running across Madagascar. So the product development has been entirely driven by what the customer wanted. There are a few things that we've done because we thought they'd be cool and we wanted to do it. And there's some things that we're planning on through the future that are little skunk work projects that are totally coming out of my brain or our developer's brain. Um, But it's predominantly driven by customer demand. I mean, there are a few things customers are demanding that are physically impossible. And that's one of the problems is once you open up people's mind to new ideas, they go, ooh, well, you did that. Now do this. And they don't typically understand how um, the laws of physics work. And you mentioned skunk works projects there, I think was the phrase you, you used. What does that mean? Oh, it's a military term. I don't know why I use it. I was never in the military, but it's um, um, DARPA and the internet, or more accurately, the internet is a skunk works project from DARPA. So it's just a little hidden thing that we're working on that can be really, really powerful that no one knows about. Um, the the idea is there a number? Well, let me back up. The fundamental idea of what we do is simple. Uh, most shoes don't get comfortable until you take them off your feet. And that's because they're not designed properly. Shoe, your feet have one quarter of the bones and joints of your entire body. There's more nerve endings in the soles of your feet than anywhere but your fingertips and your lips. You're supposed to use these things. They're supposed to bend and move and flex and feel the world. And uh, most shoes are designed to let you do the exact opposite of that. They're stiff. They're thick. They're padded. They elevate your heel. They are not shaped like your foot. So we make things that are foot-shaped. They're addictively comfortable because they let your feet bend and move and flex and feel. And so uh, there are a number of applications, of footwear applications, where no one has thought to reinvent the wheel in the last 50 years or even longer. And we've got some reinventing of wheels that we're doing that we can't talk about until they come out. Cool. So they're kind of like little, like, secret projects that will be very cool if they work and if they don't work, they were secret, so it's cool. (laughs) Well, they're going to work, so that's probably not work. Um, but yeah, but so yes, definitely see. Okay, very cool. Um, I just know I knew some of our listeners would be going, "What's that? I don't know what that is. I need to know what that is." Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, well, if we think about it, there there are just a number of places where the major shoe companies, Nike, Adidas, 
um, Puma, or if you're European, Adidas, which is the correct way of doing it. Uh, there are a number of, of industries, there are a number of activities that are just dominated by those players with products that cause problems, and we have solutions. And because we're already getting attention, not the kind that I like, from some of those big players, we have to be cautious about what we do and how we talk about some of the things we're doing because it can really upset the apple cart and they will not handle it well. Got you. Well, I won't push you anymore or at all, quite frankly, on that one. Um, Tell us a bit about the website then. Which platform are you selling Mm -hmm. on? Right now we're a WooCommerce shop and we have been since 2012. We started out and so we started out WordPress from day one. That's how I built a site in an hour. I found a theme that I liked. I modified it slightly. I threw it up. I used the, um, uh, for credit card processing, I used Equid, E-C-W-I-D, just a little bolt-on JavaScript thing which did the job for the first few months until I realized, holy crap, we have a real business. <laughs> and so then we moved to um, Interspire, which was then the self-hosted version of Big Commerce. And then at some point, Big Commerce realized they were making more money on the SaaS version of Big Commerce than they were dealing with um, Interspire and all the <clears throat> problems of having an open source application and mm-hmm. dealing with people like me who are rewriting the code like there's no tomorrow. And so they, they canned Interspire. And that's when we moved over to Woo. Cool. And you said you're there at the moment. Does that mean you're thinking of moving or are you very happy with Woo? Both and neither. Um, <laughs> that's always the case, having... isn't it? It's always, I like the platform, yeah. but I might move. I might move. Well, well, my line is all shopping cart software sucks differently. <laughs> and so the, there's always problems. You know, There are people who have this idea that if they get the right platform, everything will be mm-hmm. wonderful, which is just never the case, regardless of what it is. And I'm not really looking to move because we've, we've tricked this thing out pretty good. Um, but I'm always open to finding something that works better. I just know that the odds of doing that are really, 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 really slim for a number of reasons. Oh, so true. Um, and given you're on WooCommerce on the WordPress platform, I'm pretty certain there's going to be some awesome widgets or plugins that you might potentially want to recommend <laughs> to the audience. What do you think? Um, well, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. I think we're currently running 95 plugins. Let's not list and, all of them, Stephen. Let's, um, let's avoid no, that. <laughs> I yeah, I will definitely not list all of them. Um, the one, there, there are a couple that I'll, I'll throw out there. Um, I'll do a few generically because I literally don't even remember which we're using for some of these. So the biggest thing if you're going to be using WordPress and WooCommerce is getting all your caching settings correctly. Uh, WordPress was not really designed to be an e-commerce platform. So the fact that Woo is running on top of it is somewhat of a miracle. And they know this. They know there are some database structural problems that, that slow things down. So, the, so you definitely want to get things cached uh, so that the, every page up until the point that someone clicks add to cart is just straight HTML that's being delivered. Uh, that's thing number one. Thing number two, there's a bunch of stuff on the back end that needs to be sped up. And that's tricky. Uh, there's an application called Algolia, A-L-G-O-L-I-A, for search, both for searching orders. There's actually a front-end po- component, too. But it's for searching orders or for just doing site search as well. And we use Algolia for that to, to really speed things up. And to give you an example, uh, we have, I think, about 5.5 million rows in our one, of our post, in our one particular table in WordPress. Mm-hmm. And when we have to search that for an order, if we're not using anything to speed things up, it takes 75 seconds. When we use tools like Algolia, it takes four or five. 
So big difference when, you, when you're dealing with customer service, for example. A huge difference. Uh, another thing that we use for handling user-generated content and reviews is one of my favorite plugins. It's called Stamped, S-T-A-M-P-E-D.io. And so it's a review engine and user-generated content engine. It's what we use for putting reviews as widgets in various pages. It's what we use for um, curating content from Instagram. Uh, and it's sort of like Yotpo. Many people use you know, Yotpo mm-hmm. or um, what's some of the other bizarre voice? I'm trying to think of who picks me up on a regular basis. FIFO. Uh, and the reason that I like it is it's almost as powerful as any of the very, very well-known ones, uh, but way, way less expensive. And the developers are incredibly responsive. If we have a problem or a product suggestion, the problems get fixed almost immediately and the suggestions get implemented very quickly as well. So I'm a huge, huge fan of Stamp. Um, yeah, it's what else? We're we're doing, mm, I'm trying to think of specific ones. Um, Give us one more, one more that's made a big difference for you. It's a really good question. I've got to think. Actually, we're in the process of doing this one. So this is um, this is a a premature recommendation. But in addition to shopping cart software all sucking differently, uh, warehouse management software all sucks differently as well. And so we have looked at a bunch, and we're in the process of finishing an integration with ShipHero. And so ship, the, the, we've been using ShipStation, which has been great for us. So in terms of getting stuff out the door, handling the shipping, handling the orders, uh, ShipStation has been wonderful. But now we're managing our own warehouse, and it's a pretty big space. And so we need to optimize the whole picking and packing process and making it easier for, for our people who are sometimes picking five, 600 orders a day. And a lot of them are just single orders. And so the fantasy is that they, they get instructions of where to go in the warehouse and how many of something to pick and they can just throw it in a bin and then get it out to the packout station and just scan them one by one and automatically have the appropriate packing slip and shipping label printed out. So it just really, really speeds up the entire process. And we played with a few and lost a lot of money when we found that a number of them that said they could integrate with WordPress and WooCommerce could not. Mm-hmm. I won't mention their names so that um, I don't get my ass sued. <laughs> and um, and so we you know we found Chip Hero by accident. And news to them, it was shocking how hard it was to find them or how much searching we did till we stumbled on them by accident. So they're doing a crappy job of SEO, but we did find them. And out of the box, they were eighty percent of what we needed. And the last 20%, um, we're, let's call it working hard with them to show them videos of the problems that they actually have until we go live. But once we go live, the really cool thing is that we're going to be able to integrate. Well, we're still having a conversation about how to do this, but we want to integrate with a thing called canvas.technology. And what canvas is, is a intelligent robot cart so that we can not replace necessarily people in our warehouse, but make them even more efficient because we could put an entire picking and packing station on a robot cart. And all you have to do is follow the cart and just, you know, the only job you have is literally taking things off the shelf uh, and and the the robot cart could do the rest. So there's a whole bunch of really fun things that we're doing to make life entertaining and uh, easier for humans. Very cool. And, um, yeah, I think 80% out of the box is pretty good going for a warehouse management system. It's not bad. Um, yeah, so that last – the thing with software is kind of like moving. The first 90% takes 90% of the time, and the last 10% takes 90% of the time. Oh, so true. 
Okay, you mentioned and touched on team members there. How many of you are there now? Because I'm guessing it's not just you working at night after your wife's gone to bed anymore. <laughs> no, no, yeah. When we started, it was it was uh, literally everything was in a, on the floor in a corner of a spare bedroom. Lane and I had to we had a, a long conversation and discussion about whether we should even buy a table <laughs> to put things on, and then we had another conversation about buying a second table. So now there are. 31 of us, um, 26 at the, yeah, 25, I think at the office and another six more at our warehouse. And then on top of that is another, oh, maybe dozen and a half contractors that we work with for various things, mostly marketing. So those are the bits you outsource, you outsource to specialists in key marketing areas. Yeah. People have said to me, why don't you just bring someone in house to handle all the marketing things that typically I've done when, it, when I was a smaller company. And the answer is anyone smart enough to do everything that I want them to do is smart enough to immediately leave and start a small agency. So instead I've found my friends who are really smart, who have small agencies and I'm working with them. Gives you a lot more flexibility when it's not someone in house as well, doesn't it? It does. It's, it's certainly more flexible. The one thing that it, it also is though, on the flip side, is it's not as organic. I mean, when, when I get pitched by agencies to say it's all in-house, I can appreciate the value of having everything in-house because to have everyone in the same building mm-hmm. or even arguably the same room kind of yelling across at each other going, hey, look at this thing that I just made is really great. Um, but the thing with agencies, I say to them, look, there's nine different things that you say you can do. In the world, there's only four or five guys who are experts at each of those nine things and you have none of them working for you let alone one in each department. So my preference is to get the really smart people and then make sure I can, uh, I don't know what the right word is, uh, corral them so that they're talking with each other as much as possible. That we're having, I'm flying them all into our office next week. Uh, it'll be the first time they're all meeting each other physically just so they can really know who everybody is and get more comfortable thinking about how they can work together so that they start working together even more tightly than they currently do. Oh, nice. And it's nice to hear someone actually doing that because you hear a lot of people saying it's a good idea, but far fewer seem to actually manage to get everybody in the same room at the same time. So um, I imagine that's going to massively pay off for you. Yeah, I think it is too. And let's be clear, I wasn't able to do this until recently because it's not an inexpensive proposition. I mean, look, I'm already paying them a lot of money, but on top of that, um, and I'm paying for them to fly in on top of the money that I'm paying them. But but just doing that, and it's not going to be some huge amount. I mean, maybe five or ten grand, but that's not an insignificant, insignificant amount of cash for most. No, and, and and actually, in the UK, where it's obviously a lot cheaper to do this sort of thing oh, due yeah. to the ge- geography, if nothing else, I still hear of almost no one actually managing to pull it off. So, yeah, it's really kind of silly. In fact, the, my only regret is that I've got three people who are overseas who couldn't make it. Otherwise, I was going to have them show up as well. Ah. Oh, it's so close. Next time, next year's, yeah. you'll get them all there. Um, right. So that's the, we just kind of run through what the business is looking like right now. But you said um, about, you know, obviously you've experienced huge amounts of growth over the years and quite consistent growth too. And that there's been moments of luck and moments of um, insane insight that have led to that. Are there a couple of instances that have really, well, I guess kind of tips, kind of stories that have really helped you get to where you are now that might be useful for our listeners to hear. Well, here's one that's totally un- not useful. <laughs> uh, we, were, uh, we appeared on Shark Tank in 2013, and it's not useful because you can't, that's not a reproducible phenomenon. Mm-hmm. 
but that made a really big difference for us. In fact, it skewed our, you know, our year over year growth because we got a big bump from Shark Tank that then the next year we were actually down a little bit um, from the previous year. But if we pull out the Shark Tank effect, we were still up. So, but that was a big help and continues to be a big help. It's the, the really the gift that keeps on giving because it generates a lot of awareness. So that was thing one. Another thing that's totally unreproducible is that around the time that we were taping Shark Tank, we met a guy socially who had been a footwear designer for the last 35 years. And in fact, I'd been sitting on his phone number. A friend of mine met him when the two of them were each walking their respective dogs. And they don't normally do that. Their wives normally did. So the dogs knew each other. So the guys started talking and our friend said, hey, what are you doing? This guy says, I just retired from Crocs. And our friend said, oh, you should meet my friend Stephen and Lena. And Dennis said, ah, here's my phone number. And I sat on this guy named Dennis Driscoll. I sat on his phone number for a few months thinking, why would a guy who was the chief designer for Crocs and 20 other companies before that want to talk to me? And eventually I called him and we got together and I said, someday I'd love to be able to work with someone like you, you know, who's getting started and just getting his feet wet and really knows what he's doing. And Dennis said, well, what about me? I said, um, I don't think we can afford you. And he goes, I'm retired. I went, and you're hired. <laughs> so um, so uh, that was a huge, huge boon and, and tremendously, um, uh, you know, fortuitous. So that was a biggie. And then other than that, um, I'm trying to think of just generic business things. Um, you know, the rest of it is really, uh, it, it, it's just every day, take a step, take a step, take a step, and they all kind of add up. There's not some some one single thing that kicked things on. Although I will tell you one other is getting onto Amazon. And that sounds silly because most people, they don't have any problem, but the footwear category was closed for years. And I'm not even sure how easy it is to get in now, but one day, and I had tried for for a couple of years to get into that category. I couldn't even advertise in that category. They weren't allowing advertisements. So I uh, one day got a phone call. This I think on October 2013, where they said, hey, you're showing up in the autocomplete, so you should be here. And that was a big deal because Amazon, oh, I can't remember what it did for us last year, but it's about 25 to 30% of our online sales. So it's a big deal. Um, the margins aren't nearly as good as what we sell direct. But the things that you can do to ramp things up, the control that you have, uh, and of course the size of that audience is, you know, you, you can't argue with that. So that's that's been a huge help. And I guess especially because you're in you're in an industry that people are still only just discovering. Yeah. You know, the the type of shoes you're doing, it's still it's still a discovery for people. So to be on those larger platforms where people go, Oh my god, barefoot shoes, never heard of that. And then they get converted is has got to be a, a good long-term plan as well yeah although we we've moved way beyond the idea of barefoot and and barefoot's a really interesting phrase in at this time in europe and eastern europe in particular um it, it's it, it is a wonderful phrase people love it they get the idea they're into it in america for a number of reasons the word barefoot has become tainted and even the word minimalist has become tainted but frankly all we're selling really is super comfortable shoes that let your feet move naturally that feel really good. Uh, and then the whole, everything else is why they feel good is because they let your feet move as if they're barefoot. It's because they let you bend and flex and move and feel. So that's the way we tell the stories. If you're looking for comfortable shoes, this is them and here's why. And yeah, footwear, uh, I think the last I heard from the NPD group, which is an, an, an industry analyst uh, group, they said, I think 20, like somewhere in the mid 20% is how much footwear is being sold online. And they're predicting within the next five years, it's going to grow to 
So we're really trying to make sure that we're in, at the forefront of that uh, as the extent that we can as a smaller company. And we are because there are certain searches that you do where I'm beating out multi-billion dollar companies. And that's because, again, we're doing things that they don't know to do. Look, <laughs> quick tangent, the number of times where I've met people who are the director of digital marketing for billion dollar companies, where I have conversations literally like this one. So what do you guys do for SEO? Well, we run a bunch of Facebook ads. Well, I'm sorry. No, I said Facebook. I said <laughs> SEO. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So people at the top of those companies who know nothing, so they hire people who also know nothing. And good. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, so there's... Hire more of them. There's a definitely a big wave to be ridden um, in the next couple of years as, as more and more people start buying their, their footwear online. And it's ne- it's never gonna footwear is never gonna be something that's exclusively online, because people do like to try things on. And even if you offer free returns, free exchanges, which by the way, I don't know one footwear company that's able to do that without losing money. Um, that, so that's a whole other story. But uh, but even with that, people would rather try it on first sometimes before they spend their money. Because especially with a smaller company, they they don't know you. They they don't have full confidence that you're going to give them their money back if they need to do that. So that's why we've got a you know, bricks and clicks play is that we're playing with that. And frankly, if you look at a lot of those original digitally native vertically integrated companies, um, they are moving into retail as well. And in various ways, I met, uh, I shouldn't talk out of, out of school. So let's just say I met the founder and CEO of one of those original, very big deal digitally native companies mm-hmm. who said to me, yeah, we didn't start making money until we got put in 160 stores from this, in this one particular chain around yeah. the, the country. And to the, and as far as I can tell, to the up till the time they sold for a large amount of money, they had never had a profitable year. And we can't afford to do that. We, we're we're a bootstrap company. We don't make money this year. We lose money next year. Mm-hmm. So we haven't had the luxury of VC financing where you could have a burn rate. But those companies that did, you see, they're starting to move into retail. And you wouldn't do that if you didn't need to, because it is a pain in the butt. <laughs> Well, look, Stephen, I think we should go into the top tips round now. And um, before we dive into the top tips, Bright Pearl by Sage provides a retail operating system for retailers and wholesalers. Their mission is clear. Automate the back office so you can spend your time and money growing your business fearlessly and without limitations. Their built for retail features tick every box, including inventory management, order management, warehousing, fulfillment, shipping, purchasing, accounting, and even retail business intelligence, all enabling easy automation to free up your time to focus on growth. Find out more and book a demo at ecmp.info forward slash brightpearl. That's ecmp for e-commerce master plan dot info forward slash brightpearl. Learn more at brightpearl.com. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Not that you haven't given us a few of those already today. So, uh, Stephen, first up is the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? (laughs) Well, it's actually two. Uh, Stumbling on Happiness, which is the book that will convince you that your imagined future where everything's going to be awesome and then you're finally going to be happy is complete bullshit. Uh, and then Fooled by Randomness, which is the book that will convince you that um, the fact that you think you're really smart, has, even if you are, really doesn't mean anything. 
and that thinking you're really smart actually could be the biggest obstacle to being successful because it typically is. Um, so both of these things will dispel you of the mythology behind business and happiness and let you just start taking action and being more effective. Great recommendations there. Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Uh, SEO still. And people don't understand it. They think that it's magical and special. And there's very simple things that you can do that are that continue to be effective. And they basically have been since day one and will continue to be. Do you want me to tell you a good example? Oh, yeah, please do. Please do. Okay, this is easy. Um, I mean, like really easy. Uh, there's, well, I'll just tell you, go to answerthepublic.com and search for relevant keywords for you. And it will show questions that people are asking about your topic. And then take a single question or a group of questions if you want. It doesn't really matter. And don't get too picky about which one because you're going to just be doing a lot of these. And then put a phone or video camera in front of your face and answer the question. And then get that answer transcribed and take the transcription and the video and put it on a page with the title of what that question is. And that's a really, really great way of building content, especially with what's going on with the voice search. It's going to get even better. And in fact, if you want, take that video and turn, uh, take the audio from that video and turn that into a podcast. And so you're repurposing all of this content in all the ways that are relevant based on what people are actually looking for. Nice. You're using answerthepublic.com as a research tool. Correct. Very cool. Okay. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you or your team more efficient from day to day? I have a whiteboard that is eight feet long and five feet high. And then a, nice. a, a cork board that's the same size right next to it. And because <laughs> if things aren't right in front of my face, they don't exist. You should see the walls of my office. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, brilliant. It's shocking. Um, Okay, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Figure out how to do paid search, whether it's on Google or Facebook or Amazon, just either yourself or find someone who can help you master paid search. If you can't find a way of getting in front of people that don't know you exist, you're, you're dead in the water. I like it. Simple, but oh so true. All right, Masterplan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you will see a link to this show. Uh, Stephen, before we say goodbye, could you let everybody know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Absolutely. Um, We are Zero Shoes, X-E-R-O Shoes, plural.com. And then not surprisingly, we're Zero Shoes on every social media platform, facebook.com slash Zero Shoes, YouTube slash Zero Shoes, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, uh, whatever else I left out, um, all of those, that's where we are. Excellent. See, nice nice and consistent. I like that. Uh, right. I'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, again, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or just head over to the website and click on the podcast tab. You can't fail to find it. Okay, Stephen, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you and hearing all about your story. So thank you very much for for coming on the show. Thank you. My pleasure. What a fascinating um, business story there. What I like is that, it's, well, Stephen's clear and definite passion for his business and for the product that he's putting out there and the quality of that product and the good things it's doing for their customers. But also the 
in fact, you know, he'd, he'd spent a good 10 or so years working on internet projects of various kinds before he launched his business. He kind of, he'd done the hard, the hard graph, the learning in the route to, to when he, he set this up. And then what he's done ever since, because, you know, you could argue that he's kind of riding a wave, as I mentioned towards the end of the, end of the interview, he's riding a wave of, um, you know, people moving to buy their shoes online and there was kind of like the barefoot trend and all this kind of stuff that he's been, been riding that. But I say, you know, just like if you've ever tried to ride a wave on a surfboard, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. You can very quickly and easily fall off. But which is, I guess, why when he said about how, you know, you've got to be consistent and take the next step and take the next step and lots of little steps is what's going to take you to your success. I think that's where that all kind of comes together. So I hope you've enjoyed that episode. Do let me know what you think in our Facebook group. Uh, it's via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook if you want to come and join us in there. And um, please do spread the word about the podcast. The more people we have listening, the better because the more people we're helping to build better e-commerce businesses. And if you can't think of anyone to tell, then why not go onto iTunes and do a review because that helps us out algorithmically. And with that, have a great week, all of you, and keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at e-commerce masterplan